Okay. All right. Yeah, I've been sitting all morning. Um, and you're right. The district is 7,403 uh, 7, square miles. The county is 9,200 approximately square miles. So I've got 80% of the county in terms of land mass. So we're on the road a lot. Uh, and one of my favorite places to visit is Ajo, Arizona, which is 130 miles west of here. Uh, and there are 24 border counties along the U.S.-Mexico border. Um, and Pima County has the longest border with Mexico of all those 24 counties. And it's about 130 miles of border. And um, none of us who, um, well, None of us want to see the wall. We know we've got an issue with border security, but um, just think about the infrastructure investment we could be doing if we didn't have the, if we weren't spending that money on the wall. And one of the things we know we have to do nationwide and in Pima County is fix our crumbling infrastructure. That should be our number one priority if we're going to grow the economy, protect the environment, and bring about the social equity we need to, we need to. Uh, but let me, um, since um, I've been sitting two hours getting a lecture, I'm going to lecture you now on uh, that we were listening to CDC and uh, the responses for the coronavirus. Let me tell you what we know here in Pima County to date. Um, at this point, uh, there are no cases in Pima County, but it's just a matter of time before it's here. As you know, we've already got cases in Maricopa and Pinal. Uh, so what should we do to keep ourselves healthy as we can? Well, wash your hands. And if you, you know, if you've got the Star Trek jingle, if you know that, that's the 30 seconds you need. Sing it while you're washing your hands, and you'll make sure your hands are clean. And, and those of you with little ones or grandchildren, make sure they do it too. And if you're feeling sick, stay home from work, school, and other public settings. Um, in Pima County, I think we will be at our next board meeting uh, doing something about um, telecommuting for people who are sick and uh, making sure they are paid and pay, uh, paid to stay home during this uh, outbreak. Uh, and if you have a child who is sick, please stay home, stay home with them and don't let them expose other children. Um, so that's just common sense. And our region, we are in contact with our regional employers now, asking them to adopt similar policies. We also need to protect the at-risk population. Those are people of a certain age. I think the age now that they're saying is 60. Well, I know it's 60. And um, anyone who has chronic disease or is um, uh, in some way immune system compromised. The vast majority of, of us are going to get through this if we're, if we're healthy, just like we get through our flu season. But our elders and those who are ill um, and how are the mo will be the ones most sub uh, to suffer the most serious consequences of this infection. Um, so wash your hands. The hardest thing, and I was doing it as I'm listening to this guy at CDC, don't touch your face. That is really, really hard. Um, and stay informed. We, our incredible health department has an excellent, informative, and comprehensive web page with everything you need to know about the virus and how to protect yourself and your families. 
It's at www.pima.gov forward slash COVID-19, C-O-V-I-D-19. And the health department is keeping it up on an hourly basis. Uh, at um, 10 o'clock each morning, um, our public health director, Dr. England, uh, is going to be on Facebook and um, talking about where we are in Pima County today. As of today in Pima County, uh, we are not uh, asking you to uh, cancel your events at this point. Uh, there may come a time when that will happen, but um, we, at this point, if you are at events, don't overreact, but um, really do the elbow bump, not the handshake, if you can. And again, so let me go over again. How do we stop this? Uh, wash your hands, keep your hands away from your face, avoid sick people, and stay home if you are sick. This is not going to go away quickly, um, and so stay alert, but don't panic. Um, and with that, um, I want to talk a little bit about what's going on in Pima County, particularly as it comes to infrastructure. Uh, as you know, or what I hear is I'm out and about visiting with, my, with the constituents in District 3, the number one issue for most of those people are fix our roads. It's, you know, it just, just, they are tired of potholes. In this recent rain, we got some more potholes, sad to say. But let me tell you what we in Pima County are going to be doing to fix your roads. Um, as you know, in 1997, you, voters of Pima County, passed the 1997 HERP revenue bond package, which was a package which was about our roads, our infrastructure, but not about repairing our roads or maintaining our roads, but by improving the capacity of our roads. That uh, particular revenue bond passed, and as a result of that, many roads were, were expanded or improved or built in Pima County, um, including River Road. We kept it kinky, but we improved it, we widened it. Um, and uh, they, the improvements were done not only in unincorporated Pima County, but throughout all the jurisdiction. And so I think that there was some equity there. The problem, though, or the challenge, was that money was going for capacity improvement. It was not going for repair and maintenance. Well, the, and I just uh, came on the board at the time the revenue bonds were uh, uh, put on the ballot. And I was the sole uh, individual on the board at that time that actually opposed the revenue bonds, not because I didn't think we needed to improve the capacity, but because in doing so, we were putting our uh, unincorporated residents at a disadvantage because the money that the county gets for highway user revenue funds and that we get from the BLT tax is based on the population of unincorporated Pima County as opposed to an incorporated jurisdiction chartered like the city of Tucson. So those in Pima County who are an unincorporated Pima County, we get less revenue, we're worth less as an individual than if you lived in an incorporated jurisdiction like the city of Tucson in terms of what the state reimburses us for highway user revenue funds. So I was opposed to it. 
uh, passed, and as a result, we do get capacity improvement. What we're doing now, as those HERP revenue bonds are spent down, um, we will be using that money for road repair, uh, and we will be doing it to the tune of about $38 million. We 30, depends on what we get from the state, but we're, we're thinking 35 to $38 million this year, and that will be spent in unincorporated Pima County. So we've got some equity there, and then I think with the um, general obligation bonds, which are part of your secondary taxes to Pima County, um, those bonds have about, uh, we, we pretty much used all that money. So uh, you will see your secondary property taxes decline this year, I think by about 12 cents. Um, but what we will be doing then is using some of those monies uh, that are freed up uh, and part of our general fund, we will be then using those again, some of that to look at road repair so that we get some equity balance because our residents in unincorporated Pima County as a result of the HERF revenue bonds um, didn't get quite all the maintenance they deserved. And I'm, I'm an un unincorporated resident. I can tell you our street needs it, our subdivision street needs it very badly. Um, so that's, that's um, uh, kind of the situation there. I think then on the other uh, piece I'm, you need to be aware of, and I'm sorry, I'm an accountant. I talk taxes, I talk money. That's what I know how to do. Um, what we're going to see, if you look at your primary property tax uh, that you pay us, and we're the only county of the 15 counties in Arizona that doesn't have sales tax, so all our revenue has to be generated with the primary property tax. About over 60% of that goes to the criminal justice system. Now, how many of you enjoy interacting with this criminal justice system? Nobody? Not one? Uh-huh, exactly. So one of the things I've been focusing on this last few years is criminal justice reform. Um, and you, you'll have, to, people will give you different numbers. Depending on whether you're talking to the county attorney or the public defense services, uh, they will give you different numbers about who's going to trial, what's happening. But the fact is, we have the highest trial rate of the 15 counties in Arizona. Uh, are we any safer because of it? No. Um, so what, and most of those are felony misdemeanors for low level, low amounts of drugs. Um, and again, I think uh, we need to find an alternative to incarceration for those uh, types of charges. And we're working on it, but it's slow but sure. But it's, it's going to depend on, you know, the people who law enforcement arrests, so how, who are they arresting? And then it's going to be up to the county attorney to see, I was going to touch my face. This is really hard. Um, so I think it's, as you pay attention to this election cycle, um, you need to be paying attention to who's running in law enforcement and what, they're, what they want to do in terms of criminal justice reform, as well as who the county attorney's races and how, are they, how they're viewing criminal justice reform. If you want your taxes to go down or you want your taxes to be used for things that you really care about, like maybe building parks and libraries, 
um, improving um, lives, the lives of people who are below the poverty level, um, then we really need to start concentrating on criminal justice reform. Um, the other piece, I mentioned the three E's, the economy, the environment, and the equity. So we kind of talked about the equity a piece a little bit. The environment, I, we've got the Sonoran Desert Conservation Plan. It's, a, it's an international model now in how to conserve our resources. And it's probably, if I'm going to pick out one of the things I'm most uh, proud of that we were able to accomplish when I, since I've been in office, it is that. The other piece uh, is the economy. Um, and let's talk about that. I, um, I, the, I think you see uh, Ajo, Arizona. When I first got elected, it was a ghost town, essentially. It had been you know, one of the three C's that keep Arizona working. Copper, climate, and what's the other one? Cattle. Um, and when Ajo was simply on the map, but there weren't anybody there. Since then, because of what we've done with equ with equity investment, I would not with some of the community development investment, we've been able working with some a, a group called the International Sonoran Desert Alliance. We've Ajo's been transformed. It is now a tourist mecca. It is a birding spot. You can go. I encourage you to take a drive out to Ajo, and um, you've got you've got to see the Curly School. They've converted that the old school into a live workplace for artists and artisans, and there's just some amazing people there. The plaza, which was the heart of the community, is the International Sonoran Desert Alliance has um, transformed into. We've got a farmers market there every Saturday. There are a bunch of small little businesses there uh, thriving. And so I encourage you to uh, visit Ajo. And we've got sustainable agriculture going on there now. So it is, it's one of those charming little towns that should be on your bucket list. Um, and then a little bit about the, the economy. What we've seen now with the transformation, when I first took office, it was GTEC, Greater Tucson Economic Council. It transformed, it's now transformed into Sun Corridor. I am one of the uh, Chairman Circles members, and we've been able, what have, how do we grow our economy? And growing the economy isn't growing small business retail. Retail follows rooftops. Growing the economy means providing high-wage jobs that pay a living wage, and uh, as a result of uh, the community coming together around Sun Corridor, and it's not just Pima County. We've got uh, Pinal and Santa Cruz involved, uh, and then all the way up to Flagstaff. That is the Sun Corridor. Uh, we our strengths in this region, if we're going to grow the economy, are aerospace and defense. Um, it's it's certainly biotech and some of the things we're doing with, with astronomy, and then our other is transportation logistics. And I think you've seen some exciting things happen. Uh, if you look at Raytheon, we were able to um, relocate the um, entrance to Raytheon so that we were able to protect Raytheon, and now Raytheon is, has grown by over 3,000 employees. And these are high-paying jobs. But have, it's fun, uh, I've had several friends who are working with Raytheon now, and the background checks, if you think the background checks are, uh, are there, it's just, it takes 
six months to get a background check at least, six to nine months, and you've got to check all the boxes. Uh, transportation logistics, we've got um, some real things going on at the airport now. We purchased, the county purchased uh, some property in order to realign the Raytheon entrance, and that is, it looks like not only, now we're not, now I admit, you know, you can't fly direct to too many places from Tucson Airport, but we are going to be a transportation logistics hub. We will get, we're going to see that now, we're, we're going to be able to grow that. So I think that's important. And in terms of the biotech, um, we had Accelerate, we got a wet lab, that's leading to some more. So. We're headed in the right direction with the economy, of course, until the coronavirus, right? And nobody's traveling, although Amazon is still doing well, um, because nobody's traveling. They're ordering online. Um, so you know, our transportation logistic piece might work out, but obviously we're all concerned about what's going to, how we're going to, if we're headed into a, a recession, and it looks like if this keeps up, we will be, and then what are we going to do? So that's going to be a difficult piece to address as we move forward, and was not on anybody's radar screen two months ago. Uh, so I, with that, uh, I'm done talking to you. I want to have you talk to me. Thanks very much, Sharon. So, um, yes, pardon? oh, Brian. I know the drill. <laughs> Sharon, you talked about uh, the 1997 HERF user revenue bonds. Is, 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 is all of that debt service coming out of county HERF revenues? Yes. Okay. The PAYGO system. Right. I've heard there's a little bit of a feud between the city and the county over the fact that we're using general fund money as part of the PAYGO system. but. We're doing stuff from the 1997 HERF right. revenue bonds that were inside the incorporated communities, right. all of which get their own HERF revenue funds. And Tucson, because of its population, gets a 3% kicker on top of it. That's right. And Somebody some who knows the facts. Thank you, Brian. <laughs> some, of our general or some of our general fund money is VLT money. Right. That they also get their own piece of. Yes. That's not property tax money. Correct. Tell them to go pound sand. <laughs> Could you? Would you do that for me? No, and you're absolutely right on here. Okay, the, we've spent um, 173.2 million of HERF revenue monies in the municipalities in the, the, from the 1997 uh, HERF bond program. So. What the municipalities, what that translates to is that the municipalities now owe unincorporated residents of Pima County 173.2 million. Uh, don't owe, but I mean, that's where the equity comes in. So when we're going to PAYGO, we will be using some general fund dollars over the next 10 years to uh, take care of the deficit in our road repair and maintenance program. But it will then balance out, if we equity ba balanced out, because we've already spent that money inside the municipalities. Speaking of roads, what can we do to prevent I-11? I don't think you have to do much. I think it's DOA, but um, I mean, we can't, 
we can't we can't fix our bridges. Our, our, our infrastructure nationally is is just crumbling. At the state level, because the state, that's a state issue, that's not a county issue, right? It's, it's between the state and the federal government. But the state hasn't raised gas taxes since the early 1990s. They cannot maintain the, their current uh, roads, uh, maintain or repair. Um, so monies are drying up. I just don't see it particularly happening, but how you, how can you, I mean the county can't do anything because we're not part of the equation, but how, how, do, how do we as individuals who want to make a difference show up and let your voices be heard. The world is run by those who show up. Uh, you know, the people show up at the Trump rallies, let's get some rallies saying no to I-11. But I don't think it's going to happen, honestly, at least in the near term. On uh, tax increment finance, finance Jeff, uh -huh. how is that working in Pima County? Say, using Raytheon as an example, the job creation versus how much uh, tax write-off they get or tax uh, absolution they get. Um, it's not working at all in Pima County since we don't have a TIF. Oh. Um, that's only in the city of Tucson. Um, so uh, the answer is no. But let's talk about economic development and you know giving some of the folks coming in um, some kind of a tax break. Um, we've got a statute that uh, at the state level, and I think Lucy, you probably know this, um, that forbids a public entity from providing a private benefit to to an individual or company. So when we quote, uh, give some incentives to companies coming in, uh, for instance, Caterpillar or Accelerate, it has to be, uh, the contract has to be such that there is no public benefit that accrues to the individual over the life of the, whatever, the life of the contract. So that's the way we've structured our contracts with Caterpillar, with Worldview, with Accelerate. And in fact, um, in the end, we end up making money uh, like we will with Worldview. So um, we don't operate like the state of Arizona, which has some monies that they can provide, or uh, like the cities who have something called TIF. Uh, tax increment financing. It's gift of public funds. It's gift of public funds, yeah. So. Another question? Well, with that, uh, oh, okay. Excuse me, you were talking about the, the state doesn't have any money for I-11, but Every time I drive to Phoenix, they have a brand new highway or an improved one or whatever. Is there some kind of a In barrier Africa? field? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it's it's a force field. I'm not sure what I, I don't know physics that well, but it's some kind of force. No, uh, what, what's what's going on there is that um, Maricopa County has a sales tax for roads. Um, there are additional sales tax or other funding from the incorporated jurisdictions within Maricopa County. 
Maricopa County is 97% incorporated. So there's lots of money around there for roads. And the other piece of Maricopa County, talk about highway user revenue funds need to remake, it certainly does. Um, Maricopa County, for every dollar Pima County gets in HERP revenues, Maricopa County gets almost $3. And that's the HERP revenue distribution formula. That's gotta, that's got to be changed. It just does. And then the other thing that the, we get stuck with is they steal, the state legislature is really good at stealing. Uh, they stole some of our HERF revenues that we were supposed to get, and they're using it to pay the uh, Department of Public Safety. Um, so, and if I, I can't scratch my nose, and I really feel like it. Um, <laughs> that's what happens when you sit for two hours listening to somebody from CDC. So, you know, a top priority legislatively for us is going to be uh, redoing that HERP revenue. Oh, thank you, thank you. Um, I feel so much better. Um, no. <laughs> Uh, it, there really has to be a big push, just like there has to be a big push on Red for Ed. I mean, we've got to fund education. We've got to fund infrastructure in a way that makes sense. Um, and so, and it's, it, you know, it, we just got to do it. Uh, and it's going to cost money, and there's no way around it. Uh, and this, let's cut our taxes stuff. Uh, we've got to get out somehow. We've got to shift that paradigm because. W what government does well is public infrastructure and education, in my view. Thank you. The uh, governor came out this weekend with some plan for uh, Route 189. Do you oh. know anything about that? Oh, oh, actually, that's not, that's a good thing. I, I hate to say that, but it is. Um, one, what it, Mexico is our largest trading partner. Uh, we really, really need to keep being friends with Mexico. Our economy depends on it. 189 is going to be a bypass route so that they can, and it's going to be improved so that the, that the trucks coming in from Mexico bringing goods and service, bringing goods mostly to the U.S., to Arizona and other parts of the country, um, can bypass the bottleneck at the border and get on, and bypass some of the I-19 piece and get directly onto I-10. So uh, we really do need to improve our ports of entry. And that brings me to um, something else that we've just recently done, uh, speaking of Mexico and our, and our trading partner. Um, the issues uh, we see with the, with the colonies along the U.S.-Mexico border and the Arizona colonies are Yuma, uh, Pima, and uh, Santa Cruz, and then Cochise, um, are related to uh, I mean, the things that we worry about as, border, as representing border citizens are um, border security to some extent, and then the economy. And so we formed the U.S. Uh, the uh, Arizona-Mexico Border Counties Coalition, and we meet um, on a monthly basis. And we uh, were until the coronavirus uh, set to go to Mac or to uh, Washington to talk to our electeds there. Um, and we and they usually send their representatives. 
uh, and the governor sends a rep uh, so that we can make sure we have a secure border and a, a smartly secure border. A wall is not smart. Um, and that we grow the economy, we grow our economic relationship with Mexico. So um, I'm really glad we did that. We're having some really productive conversations with our electeds, and I'm hopeful that, um, as, and as a result, you've got the, one, uh, the, I, the 189, and we got Governor Ducey's attention. So that's, I, I'm sorry, but I have to say thank you in that respect. <laughs> Uh, thank you, Sharon, for coming today. I uh, early in the uh, your talk today, you said something about felony misdemeanor, like it was one word, and I uh, they're separate to me. So, can you explain what you were talking about? Uh, oh, I'm not an attorney. Is there an attorney in the room? Well, all good. So they can't contradict me. I just wanted to make sure. Um, the, the felony misdemeanor. They're low-level defense. They're low-level felonies that. Um, Sometimes they, you know, even, and it's usually drug possession, um, they um, sometimes require mandatory sentences, but um, many low-level felonies that are where there is no public safety threat per se, um, particularly if it's someone who's selling small amounts of drugs to feed their own habit, um, we need a program like a, a diversion uh, or not diversion, because diversion means they're in the system. And once you're in the system, getting out of the system is pretty damn difficult. But we need something like deflection, because most of these people have some sort of an addiction problem. Um, they were born, maybe born into poverty. Uh, you know, the, the war on crime is really a war on poor people, and particularly people of color. Hi, Sharon. Hi. Um, you know that my uh, passion is relative to the environment and sustainability. Can you talk a little bit about uh, the priorities in the, uh, for the county in terms of sustainability, uh, energy efficiency in the buildings, uh, moving more to electric vehicles and the fleet and that sort of thing? Where, where is that in the priority of things? It's it's a number one priority. Number one because it saves us money. Um, if, you know, we're, uh, fixing our buildings so that they are energy efficient. Um, but uh, we passed, and I think Super, uh, Chairman Elias and uh, myself are the ones that put it on, uh, we are, we actually are in, uh, we passed a resolution honoring the Paris Accords and we are meeting the, the goals of the Paris Accord. We have a sustainability plan. We've just recently, I think as you're aware, updated it. We are moving to electric vehicles, uh, and we're doing, we're trying to generate um, solar, well, um, what, what is the term I'm looking for? Um, generate solar power, but at a, a utility scale um, uh, with some of our new buildings and uh, even retrofitting some of our old buildings. So we're doing what we can internally. Uh, I think, I think what you and I, uh, we're having a conversation is how do we then uh, from a policy perspective um, take that to the general public to the to the constituents and how, how do we help them uh, become energy net zero energy uh, users and we that at the other lecture um, 
it's a lecture. Um, counties are not like cities and towns. Counties are weak arms of the state. We can't, as, as Larry and I have had, where's, there, where's Larry? There, there, okay. Um, we've had this conversation. We can't enact stricter regulations than the state. Hence, we're having this issue at the fairgrounds with gun shows. And the, the, the whole fairgrounds piece is another nightmare brought to us by the state because the fair, commi fair commission is statutorily mandated and they're a quasi-legislative um, body in their own right. So it makes it very difficult to get, and I'm glad that you're going to show up and hopefully we'll get some movement. Um, and they're appointed. I think next time that appointment comes due, I'll be talking with Larry about who to put on that commission. Um, you have a Tonotum reservation in yes. your, your area that you are the only county supervisor who represents them. They have an ongoing problem getting registered to vote and having the opportunity to vote because of the long distances and some other issues on right. the reservation. So my question to you is, who are you supporting for county recorder? Because Gabriela Cesares Kelly is very big on that issue. The other two seem to be indifferent. Uh, I'm, I'm, my vote is my voice, and you'll hear it at the polls. Uh, but I absolutely agree with you that we've got an issue. Um, the challenge there, uh, and you bring up another quirk about counties. Uh, counties have, you know, a board of supervisors it has legislative authority. We can pass um, ordinances. We also act sometimes in a quasi-judicial capacity, and we do, a, we do a lot of administrative executive stuff. So we, we represent all three branches of government. However, we also have independent row officers, and um, the county recorder uh, is one of them. We cannot, the sheriff is one, the county uh, attorney is one, the treasurer is one, the justices of the peace, uh, the constables. Why we elect justices of the peace and constables is beyond me, except it's mandated. I can't remember whether it's the, actually the Constitution and or some sort of statute. But um, it's frustrating because I agree we need to do something about access at the nation, but I can't tell the current recorder, who actually I think has done a reasonable job during her tenure, unlike other county recorders, we have not been subjected to any scandal, uh, so I thank her for her service. Um, but uh, you're right, uh, and it's not only the nation. In, in the poor areas of unincorporated Pima County and in, in the incorporated jurisdictions where you're, you're, you've got um, underserved areas, we've got the same problem with getting people registered to vote. This will be our last question. Okay. Supervisor Bronson, how can people get involved in help the campaign? Um, show up, Chelsea. Chesney, where are you, Chelsea? I, I've been. I, I know it's Chesney. I, Chelsea. I've been. This is Beatles song. Anyhow, uh, it's been on my mind. Chesney, how do? How can they get involved? Uh, you can come talk to me after the meeting, and I would be happy to get you signed up for a canvas to help us knock on doors and collect signatures, um, and lots of other ways to support Sharon. Let's give a big round of applause. Sharon Bronson.